Well, it has finally arrived, the day I have so been anticipating. You know, guys, I have been studying for this. I have been praying about this. I have been reading all the experts. I've been sweating out the choices. Is it this or is it that? I mean, and I got to be honest, I'm still not sure what it all means. I still don't know what's going to happen. Of course, I'm talking about my NCAA bracket. Uh, you know, I'm making all these choices. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're having some March Madness. And now we're going to dive into some what I hope is not March Madness. It's just some incredible, encouraging, hope-filled times in the book of Revelation. We come to this last book of the Bible. And it is the culmination of everything that the scriptures from the book of Genesis through all the Old Testament scriptures, through all the New Testament scriptures, it finally comes to a culmination, to the zenith, to the top, to the peak in the book of Revelation. And it, I am so anticipating this. I hope today that you will get, gain a sense of appreciation and a sense of anticipation of what God is going to do in your life and in mine as we look to this incredible book of the Bible. So I want to just read to you. We're just going to look at the intro, the first three verses, and learn a little bit about the power of anticipation. And my hope is as you uh, listen to this, as you take this message in, wherever you may be, uh, that you will walk away with a new spring in your step, with a new hope in your heart, and with a new sense of urgency that God's got this. He's got me. He's got this life. And he's going to do something amazing in the days to come. That's my prayer. Uh, and that's my prayer for the, for the weeks and weeks and weeks to come. I hope that you will at some point grab uh, one of these uh, Revelation Scripture journals. It's available to everyone at Valley Church. It's a free gift to us so that you can take it. Bring it every week that you are part of uh, sharing this message time. And write down notes, write down questions, highlight, really mark it up and make this to be something that you dive into uh, over the weeks and months to come. All right, here we go. Uh, I want to read to you the first three verses of the book of Revelation, uh, and here we go. Uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ whatever he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it, because the time is near. Guys, this is, this is a book that, that really begins with a sense of anticipation about what, what God has for us already and not yet. And I just got thinking about this. I want to show you an incredible photograph. This photograph um, is of our soon-to-be-born granddaughter. This was just a, a few days ago. And, and she's soon-to-be-born. Uh, just, just a little short time. Isn't it amazing that you can see this? Isn't this amazing? And, and guys, you think I've been insufferable with one grandchild? Wait till I get a baby granddaughter. Oh my. But the anticipation. And here's the thing about it. Um, now my, my daughter, Angela, is, I, I know that she is anticipating definitely the end of her pregnancy. I mean, that'll be a big day. The end of the pregnancy. 
but we don't celebrate happy end of pregnancy to you. That's not what we do. We sing happy birthday because it's not so much the end of pregnancy, although that's great, but it's really the birth of new life. It's the birth of a baby that we're really celebrating, looking forward to. That's amazing. And the book of Revelation is that way as well. I think a lot of people have gotten caught up in the idea that the book of Revelation is just about the end of the world. It's just the end of everything and everything all comes down and, and, and we've kind of fixated, almost obsessed over that. That's what our movies are about, our books are about, whatever. It's the end of the world. But in reality, the book of Revelation, it does talk about that, of course. And it looks forward, more importantly, to the birth of a new creation to a new heavens and a new earth that God has promised to us. And how we go from point A right now, where, you know, they even use the language in the scriptures of the birth pangs and of labor pains, and then the birth is amazing. And I hope that you will see the book of Revelation in a completely new light that way. In, yes, we'll talk about all sorts of things that, that God promises in the scriptures of, of the past of the present and the future, but we really want to focus on what God has promised for his people for today and for our future. All right. So I'm going to begin and give you five principles from the book of Revelation, just the introduction to tell you what the book of Revelation really is and what it does for us and what it promises to us. What is the book of Revelation? Well, let's begin at first one, uh, chapter one, first one, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. So this is revealing something. It's unveiling something of Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus. It's from Jesus that God gave him, that is Jesus, God the Father gave to Jesus to show, to reveal, to make known his servants, that's us, his people, his followers, what must soon take place. What's going down? What God has planned for us? What's imminent? What's what we can expect of our lives and of this world and of our future? All right. So first off, it's just get this one thing right off the table, right off the bat. It is the book of Revelation. It is not the book of Revelations. There is no S at the end. So that's kind of a preacher, uh, you know, hobby horse or pet peeve. It's just revelation. That's it. Because that, it's a revelation. It's all one thing of Jesus Christ. And, and I think about this. I, I'm, I'm talking to you today and, and there's a lot of different people who are watching and participating in this message. And I just wonder who's out there. And probably... Um, if it's like any other crowd at Valley Church, typically, we got all sorts of people. We got people that when they heard that we were having a series on the book of Revelation, they were pumped. They were excited. They said, I can't wait to dig in. It's going to be amazing. And maybe they've already studied it a lot or they've been already uh, into it and, and they've read it or, or, or read books or whatever. And then there's people who've read even more than just the biblical account or maybe, honestly, they haven't read the biblical account, but they've read a lot of fictional books about it or movies or whatever. And so we got, got a group of people that are super excited. On the other end of the spectrum, we got people that, well, maybe they don't know anything about it. Uh, maybe you're a spiritual explorer and you're like, I, I don't know anything about the book of Revelation. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard stuff in culture. And then we got people somewhere between those, those folks. And, and I want to tell you, we got something for everybody. We got something for the people who are, you know, veteran followers of Jesus. We're going to have some great teaching and some great nuggets. And for those of you who are like scratching your head and say, I, I don't know anything about it. what's this all about? I think you're going to find this. We're going to keep those, those truths right in front of you. And it's not going to be 
impossible to understand. In fact, it's going to be right there for you. Then we got people in, in the body of Christ who are probably at different places too. They're like the book of Revelation. Well, you know, maybe they're a little, they've just neglected it because so many people have gone fanatical with it or gotten weird about it. Promise you, we're not going to get weird. We're not going to bring out the big vats of Kool-Aid or we're not going to do anything bizarre. I'm not going to be setting dates. We're, we're just going to read the scriptures together. So uh, there's no reason to neglect it. There's some rich stuff in here. There's also some people that are scared because maybe they've seen some, you know, just uh, incredible kind of scary, spooky images or maybe the teaching they've received was just all doom and gloom and, and really, uh, really just meant to terrify people. Uh, or maybe people are scared of other things. Right? Like there's so many different views. People are going to be uh, disunified. Folks at Valley Church, we've been doing this for more than 30 years. We major on the majors. And there are all sorts of opinions about the book of Revelation. And there's different camps of interpretation. Guys, we're not going to get sideways with each other. We're going to stay unified. And guess what? We might have differences of opinion over this or that, or even schools of interpretation. We're going to keep it at a high level so we look at those timeless truths. But in the end, we're going to come back to just a simple statement that was stated in all the ancient creeds, and that is we believe He is coming in glory. Jesus is coming in glory to judge the living and the dead, and His kingdom will have no end. That's what we are going to focus on, the coming of Jesus, the promise of Jesus, the kingdom, and the future that he has planned for us. So here we go. Uh, that's who's here today. So no matter where you are in that, in that, uh, in that group uh, or in those different groups, there's something for you here today. Somebody asked me, are you worried about like spiritual explorers? Like people are just kicking the tires of Christianity. They're just going to get lost and they're not going to know. Actually, I'm less concerned about them than I am about people who think they've got the book of Revelation completely figured out. They know everything about it. Well, maybe there are some new things to discover and maybe there's a different angle to approach it from. And if you are a spiritual explorer today, I'm so glad that you joined us. I hope you'll join us for all of our messages. The book of Revelation is a hope-filled message. Here's the first point I wanted to tell you. It delivers a hope-filled message from Jesus. Yes, there's some serious stuff in here. Yes, there's some sobering truths in here. But for the believer in Jesus, it's really about hope. It's about expectancy. It's about a new heavens and a new earth. And it's about how do we faithfully get from point A to point B? Because who knows how that long is going to be. So we live faithfully. That's why we called this, as we started this series, we subtitled it, uh, Fearless and Faithful. It's not about being afraid. It's just the opposite. It's about being fearless, courageous, hope-filled, and faithful, walking with Jesus every day of our lives. It's a message from Jesus. The revelation was actually given from God the Father to his son, Jesus Christ, who then revealed it to John and then to us. But guys, um, it's a message from Jesus, and it's a message about Jesus. So if you've ever heard teaching about the book of Revelation, and it gets off on all these timelines, charts, and so forth, and just obsesses over those and forgets that the central figure of the book is Jesus. Well, I got some good news for you. And this is going to be a breath of fresh air because it's going to be about Jesus. And it's to his servants, he says. Uh, look back at verse one. To show, to reveal, to make known to his servants, his servants, what must soon take place. What's going to happen in our lives and in and in the life to come. It's about servants. So this is about us. It's for us. It's an encouragement for people who are trying to serve Jesus 
in a crazy mixed up world who are trying to serve Jesus when life is hard and trials come your way and, and you feel hostility from folks or when you say, what in the world's going on? It's to give hope to his servants, the people trying to follow Jesus and serve Jesus. It's also a call to his people to serve him, to serve him faithfully, to step up and step into the kingdom of Jesus and say, I want to do something for Jesus. I want to make a difference in this world for as long as God has for us. Okay, that's the first point. Let's keep going. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. Now that, that has been understood in a lot of different ways. Uh, and this was written 2,000 years ago. So the message has been, uh, was, has been very practical and relevant for every age, from the people who first read this in the first century, to the people in 422, to the people in 1522, to the people in 1922, and to the people in 2022. So whatever we believe about soon take place, it's got to be relevant and practical to the whole history of the church, and not just to the whenever the last generation on earth is. So it's more about what God is doing in human history, how he has broken into history through the person of Jesus, and he's doing amazing things, and he will do amazing things. So let me give you the second principle. The book of Revelation unveils the invisible but ultimate realities of life, history, and eternity. The word revelation means to unveil. It means to uncover. It means to declare things that perhaps were unknown, but now God has made known. Things that were mysterious or foggy or uncertain, but now are real and, and, and God reveals them to us, his people. And, and revelation is a lot like parables, like Jesus told, in that they're stated in certain words so that believers will get it and understand it. But some people that are not as interested or disinterested, they might miss the point. But he's revealed it. He's unveiled to us. And what he's unveiled to us is the invisible but ultimate realities of life, history, and eternity. What do I mean by that? A lot of times we're looking at life from kind of a here and now perspective. And we're looking to what we can see around us. We, we, we live our lives, everyday lives. We go to work, we go to school, we, we take care of kids, we eat meals. And that's what we see. Another place the Apostle Paul said, what's seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And what the book of Revelation does, it pulls back the curtain and gives us a sense and a picture of what is going behind all around us, but is invisible to us. It is a spiritual realm. It is a real realm, but it's the spiritual realities that define our lives. The presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus in our lives when we pray and when we seek him in his word. The presence of the Holy Spirit working and guiding and, and compelling us. The work of God the Father to bring them and to show us his glory. That's what it's about. And it's also about to how to interpret the things that are going around us. The spiritual battle that is happening. Yes, there are such things as angels and demonic forces. And there is a real enemy called Satan. And the book of Revelation pulls the curtain back to say, it's not just what you can see with your eyes. There's stuff going all around you. God is in charge and in control, and he's far stronger. But there are enemies, and, and there is a spiritual battle happening. And, and the good news is God is much stronger. But he wants us to see that and to pull back and to, so that we can see 
the ultimate realities, what's really real, what's truly relevant, and not get, just get caught up in the just slog through our daily lives and miss the incredible promise God has for us around us. And it's about life. It's about our everyday lives. Believe it or not, the book of Revelation is more about your everyday life than something that's going to happen just in the last, 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 last days before Jesus comes. Uh, it, is, it is about your everyday life. It's going to give you so much practical uh, help in navigating through stuff. It's about history. It's about what's, what's happened. What happened in the first century? What were they facing? What were they going, undergoing? Because this letter is written to seven historical churches. We'll learn about, more about that in weeks to come. But it's about what was going down back then and what's going on around us. What's happening? How do we interpret and understand the, real, the spiritual realities of what happens in just our daily lives and also in the world that we live in? And then about eternity. What's God planned for us? What's God promised for us? And of course, it culminates at the end of the book of Revelation in a new heavens and a new earth at home with Jesus, at home with God forever and ever. And it's an amazing uh, ending. There's a lot of interest in, um, in what's called apocalyptic literature. And the word revelation is sometimes translated and, and literally, if you just read it in the original, is apocalypse, all right? In our minds, apocalypse is like the end of the world, you know, all the movies, you know, terrible things happen. And oftentimes those movies have this kind of dystopian feel. And not utopian, but dystopian, like really, it's hopeless, it's terrible, there is no hope. And it's like a French movie. It's just like terrible. It has a terrible ending. Good news. Revelation is a hope-filled book. It has a utopian vision. It is about an incredible future that God has planned for us in this life and in the life to come. So the book of Revelation has the happiest of endings. And that's where we're going. All right. Um, so let's keep going on to the next verse. He says, God made this revelation. He made it known by sending his angel. Christ made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. There's there, it doesn't name him as the Apostle John, and there's people that feel it may be a different John who was a leader in the early church. I think it's more likely that it's the Apostle John who wrote the Gospel of John and the letters from John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. His servant John, who testified, testified, it's, like, it's almost like a legal thing. It's like, I, this is true. This is true. To the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ. The witness also, this is translated, of Jesus Christ. Whatever he saw. So let's unpack that. Principle number three. The book of Revelation communicates supernaturally God's word and the witness of Jesus Christ. See, God wants us to know stuff. He doesn't want to hide stuff from us. So he makes it known to us. And this communication is supernaturally. This is not some fanatical crackpot. This is the apostle John from God through John. And the chain goes God to Jesus to the angel, to John, to the seven churches in Asia, and finally to us. And we'll talk more about that in coming weeks. But, but guys, it, it, it piles on to say this is, is reliable witness. This comes from reliable sources. This is about God. This is about Jesus. This is the Word of God. It's the Word of God and it's the witness of Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus and it's what Jesus taught. 
This is from Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So the focus, the word of God, is often used as a synonym for the gospel. This is good news. This is about God breaking into history through the life, through the death of Jesus on the cross, through his glorious resurrection, to his ascension, and to his coming again. All of those are, are, are taught clearly and fully in the book of Revelation. It's about uh, Jesus. It focuses on our Savior, our Redeemer. Uh, so here's some things I need to tell to you, to talk to you about. Um, guys, we are not going to, during this series, indulge in all sorts of speculation like, oh, I bet this is about this and putting together. For the last 50 years in America, for some reason, we have felt the best way to interpret the book of Revelation is to have the book of Revelation, the Bible in one hand, and our newsfeed in the other hand, and try to draw lines between them and match them up and say, oh, this must be this, and here's who's who, and this is when this is going down. And there's been all this speculation, intellectual speculation, sometimes fanatical speculation about things. And people have said with such certainty, for sure, this is going to happen. I remember when I first started in ministry, there was a book that came out, 88 Reasons Why uh, the End Will Come in 1988. 88 Reasons. I had people coming in, oh, they're all hyped up. And, and, and it turned out he was wrong. And the next year he published 89 Reasons Why the uh, End of the World Will Come in 1989. And on it goes. Guys, we've been doing this for centuries, trying to have the the, the Bible in one hand and newsfeed in another and saying, you know, here it's got to be, this got to be. And guys, certainly the book of Revelation has application to our everyday lives. And certainly we need to be aware of what's happening around us. And certainly Jesus is coming back and we need to be ready at all times. But guys, the certainty with which some people have attached to that, that I think sometimes the arrogance, I know for sure this is what's coming down. Or they'll couch a little bit, maybe not, but pretty certain this is going to be. This happened a lot, you know, not that long ago. This is in the last 20 years. Saddam Hussein. Remember Saddam Hussein is dictator, you know, president of Iraq. And, and, and everybody, I, I read stuff from serious Christian authors who said Saddam Hussein is definitely the Antichrist. I mean, he's from Babylon, Iraq. It's all there. It's Baghdad. That's coming down. It's got to be him. This is the end of the world. It's going to be the invasion of Israel. It's the end of the world. The apocalypse is upon us and so forth. How'd that go? That didn't, that didn't wear well. Uh, that didn't age well. In fact, uh, it ended up that uh, Saddam Hussein was just a two-bit Middle Eastern dictator who some American forces found in a hole in the ground. And then he was put on trial by his own people and executed. Never mind, but people were so sure. So we need to just not engage in speculation. And here's my number one thing. You should pick up your Bible. You should pick up your scripture journal. Here's the number one thing. I say this to everybody. Keep your finger on the text. And yeah, have your eyes open to the world around you. It's meant to be practical. But don't get crazy with this stuff. And don't, don't immediately jump into your news feed. It's got to be about this guy or this leader or this decision or this, uh, this war or whatever. Let's understand that there are difficult times and we all have difficult times. But, but we need to, to keep our eyes open, be ready for Jesus at any time. But, but not to, to overstep and to go get ahead of ourselves or go too far with this. Um, it's not so much who's who and what's new, but what's always been true. 
And when we teach from the book of Revelation, when you learn from the book of Revelation, we, one test of it is, could this have been taught in 92 AD? Could have been taught in 422, 1522, 1922, right before the Great Depression, 2022, where we are right now. Those timeless truths, they're eternal. They never change. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's word will never pass away. So we want to keep it at a high level. Now, I need to tell you something. On Monday nights, select Monday nights, the first one, Monday, March 28th, we're going to have some digging deeper for Bible geeks like me who want to uncover some, some stuff and go a little deeper and look at different possible interpretations. Uh, so I certainly welcome you out to those. We'll let you know about them on select Monday nights through the series. Um, but, but on Sunday mornings, we're, we're going to hit the high points. We're going to hit the timeless truths. And it's going to be about Jesus. Um, now, I, I need to admit something to you. Um, there are a lot, in the book of Revelation, there are a lot of visions. There are a lot of symbols. There are a lot of like iconic uh, ideas. There are kind of uh, a lot of unusual pictures and things that are brought to our attention. And then there's all sorts of numbers. There's the number three. There's the number seven. There's number 10. There's number 12. There's, you know, 144,000. There's this. There's all these. What do they all mean? And... Um, I, guys, how do I explain this to you? Some of you are asking, why is the book of Revelation so stinking weird? Why does it have all these freaky pictures and images? Well, the best way I can explain it to you is actually from a, uh, a Geico uh, commercial uh, featuring uh, a couple of guys uh, meeting for a gunfight. So check it out. You and me, partner, we meet center of town, high noon. Hold on. Nope, Daisy's got last one lessons at noon. Okay, high two o'clock? I got a spur fitting at two o'clock, how's about three? Oh, I'm getting thrown through a saloon window at three. We don't need any more overscheduling, but we could all use more ways to save. I can squeeze you in between swim class and Kevin's harp recital at 3.30. Always eating beans at 3.30. Right. Switch to Geico for more ways to save. Tell you what, what about Tuesday? When you saw that image come on the screen, you immediately knew what it was about. Why? Because you live in America, because you know about the Wild West, you know about gunfights, you know, you know what that music means, the tumbleweeds, the two guys meeting on the street against you. You just, the instant you saw that image, you knew exactly what it was going to be about until the punchline when it was a Geico commercial, but you knew what it was gonna be about, and it was funny and everything, but the point of it all, all is you immediately knew, you had a cultural context that that image was immediately recognizable to you. Now imagine that we took that image and put it back 2,000 years and just showed it to people, what's guns? We have no idea what this is, they would have no clue as to what this image is about. For us, the book of Revelation is the reverse. We're seeing images, visions, pictures, numbers that for the people reading this in the first century would have been easily and instantly recognizable. Oh yeah, this is going to be about this. Oh yeah, this is going to be about that. Another one, I'll give you an example. If we have some image of, and Darth Vader moves into the scene, we know what that's about. We know this is going to be dark and you know, really dreary and kind of heavy, right? And the breathing, right? We know what it's going to be about. We know instantly because we know culture. Well, they lived in a first century culture. So these images weren't weird to them. They're like, oh yeah, I got it. 
They're weird to us because we're not familiar. So throughout this series, we're going to dive deep into the, some of those first century cultural stuff and they'll become much more recognizable and understandable to us and not so mysterious and weird. Now, there are a few that are still kind of difficult to understand, but I think we can get the main points of this. So don't, don't despair of not being able to understand it. It is understandable. It's called revelation. It's to reveal something to you and we'll get there. They, uh, so uh, I just want to say we're going to keep it at the high level, the timeless truths, and the timeless truths we're going to talk about are things like this in your life today, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hope-filled you are, or maybe you're going through great times, or maybe you're throwing through hard times. Here's what we're going to learn. God is in control. He is in control of the course of your life and my life. He is in the course of human events and everything that happens. And he has a plan. Another thing we're going to learn is Jesus is Lord. He's the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. God had a plan for our salvation. He's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the key of David. He's going to reign. He's going to rule. Jesus is called the ruler of the kings of the earth. That is, there's a bunch of other kings who think that they're in charge and they think they bring everything to pass and some governments think they're God. And guess what? Jesus is God. And he's saying to us, I got this. Don't freak out. Life's going to be okay. I got you. You're going to have to be faithful. There are going to be some difficulties and challenges throughout your life. But be fearless and be faithful. That's what this book is about. We're also going to learn that God's kingdom, his reign, is already come in the person of Jesus. And God's kingdom has not yet come. And it's this interesting balance that we live within, the tension between it's already here. The Holy Spirit is here. Jesus' reign is here. He's, he's in charge. He's in control. And yet it's not yet here. And then he has more to come. He, there's more that's going to happen. And there's going to come a day when he is fully reigning visibly in a new heavens and a new earth. And so we're going to walk through both those things, how God's kingdom is already not yet. It's going to be amazing. And then we're going to learn that we're called to be fearless and faithful. We're going to hold our heads high and we're going to say, God's got my back. And no matter what happens in my life, I'm be fearless. And I'm also called to be faithful, not to cave into the whims of culture and pressure and peers, but instead be faithful to Jesus and walk with him as his servant because I'm called to serve Jesus. All right? That's what we're going to talk about. And that's what we're talking about today. I got another verse for you. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. So actually that was a blessing to the person who brought the message to the church. The churches that listened to this message when he read all the words of this prophecy said, bless on that guy. And anybody who reads it aloud. So we read it aloud in church. You read it aloud. You hear this. And who... Blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy. Is it a prophecy? What does that mean exactly, prophecy? Prophecy is both, most people think prophecy is just about telling the future. It does include some foretelling of the future. But more often, prophecy in both Old Testament and New Testament is not so much foretelling as it is forthtelling. That is, giving people a message, a strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. That's what prophecy is. Strengthening, encouragement, and consolation the people of God. And sometimes it has future elements, and certainly the book of Revelation has that, but it's blessed are those who hear the words of this strengthening, encouraging, anticipation message and about the future, and also keep what is written in it. In other words, just don't forget about it. Don't toss it away. Keep it. Follow it. Take it into your heart. Here's the principle number four. The book of Revelation promises to bless every person 
who reads it aloud, who reads it, who takes it to heart, and who follows its message. Many people are surprised by verse 3. Go back to it. That the promise of verse 3 is to bless, is to bless everyday followers of Jesus as they read, hear, and follow its teachings. The word bless, here and everywhere it appears, includes the idea of bringing joy and happiness from the goodness of God. The book of Revelation promises to bring the joy and the happiness of the Holy Spirit from the good hand of God to everyone who reads and hears and follows its teaching. Isn't that a different take on it? Contrast that to some ways the book of Revelation is taught. It's just turning it on its head. Um, the original situation these believers were going through in these seven churches, they were feeling pressure. They were feeling pressure from their culture to compromise their faith, to believe fa false teaching, to worship idols and to put things above Jesus, to, to, to engage in the immorality of the culture around them. They were struggling with the hostility and even the persecution that came against them. I mean, these things, guys, are things that the church here and around the world experiences today. So the original situation is, is perfectly relevant for today because we've experienced those things. We feel those pressures. We feel those temptations. And this wonderful book is here to say, you follow this, you listen to this, you take it to heart. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bring joy and happiness from the good hand of God to your life as you follow the teachings here. Sometimes they were struggling to keep their first love of Jesus. Sometimes they were feeling the hostility and the persecution of their culture. The, the empire around them who thought they were lunatics and fanatics and the temptations towards false teaching, idolatry, immorality that were all around them. So guys, the book of Revelation gives us a pathway to joy and blessing. So the book of Revelation does tell us about the future, but it's not so much a crystal ball that we can gaze into and get big time tingles, but rather a trail guide for a rugged but blessed adventure. Put your seatbelt on. It's going to be a great ride. And the last principle and the last verse is because why do we have all this? Because the time is near. The time is near. This is for now. This isn't just for some far day off. It is for now. The time is near. Here's the fifth and last principle. This passage, this book, motivates us to live with a sense of urgency. Like, let's get after following Jesus. Let's get after sharing Jesus. Let's get after being, uh, doing good works and building goodwill and sharing the good news. Let's get after those things. Let's get after obedience faithfulness, courage, fearlessness. Let's get after it. And then confident expectation. It's like, I'm not dreading the future. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I live with this hope-filled anticipation of what God has promised for his people. As it's been said many times, and we will eventually get there should the Lord tarry, I read the back of the book and we win. We win. And the triumph of Jesus Christ through his cross and resurrection lead to his eventual coming again. 
So we follow Jesus, we share Jesus because the time is near. The interesting thing is the, when Jesus began his public ministry 2,000 years ago, he said much the same thing. He said in Mark's gospel, the time is fulfilled. Here we are. It's all here. We're here now. All the promises, everything we've been looking forward to is now. The time is now. The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God has come near. Same language from Jesus. Repent and believe the good news. Turn and trust in Jesus. You see, in the Bible, we're already living in the last days. The last days began when Jesus entered into our planet and brought himself and sent his Holy Spirit. We're living in those last days now. Now, there are going to be the last days and then the last, last days, like the final last days. We'll talk about those too. But we live in an era now, after Jesus has come, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. And as we come to communion today, it's time to repent. It's time, that just simply means to turn to God, to change our mind, to believe in Jesus, to trust in what he's done for us and will do for us and believe the good news. Because ultimately, guys, the book of Revelation is about the power of anticipation. It's about what God is going to do and has done already in the person of Jesus. It's good news. Today we come to the Lord's table. And with this very exciting message, I just want you to hold in your hands the bread and the cup. The bread symbolizes, it's a symbol too, two symbols. The body of Jesus broken for us, broken for us, given on the cross for us. And it symbolizes his shed blood for our sins. And it's through his cross and resurrection. It looked like defeat and actually it was the greatest victory. That's what we learned too today. And I love what the Apostle Paul says, and I end with this. He says, whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim his death until he comes. Father in heaven, thank you for this remarkable, visionary, and hope-filled book called the book of Revelation. I pray that even now you will touch hearts to see that you are totally in control, that you've got them, that you have a journey for us, which is a rugged road sometimes and a difficult journey, but you've got incredible promises for us. And now as we remember Jesus, he's not a dead savior. His death saved us, but he is a living, reigning, and soon coming king. And now we partake and remember him in this bread and this cup in Jesus' name. And all God's people agreed and said, amen. And amen. I will invite you whenever you're ready to partake of the bread and the cup. God bless you. Can't wait to see you next time.